Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Blush You podcast, a podcast where you tell us your juiciest stories and we get to dish on them. I'm your co-host, Callie, and I'm here with your girl, Elise. Hello, hello, hello. We are back. I love this. Back again. We never are not excited to come back and get to basically gossip for, (laughs) for your entertainment pleasure. Every time you say, like, tell us your juiciest stories, I just, like, literally envision us, like, sitting here sipping tea, like, that was good, (laughs) you know? I know. Again, it comes back to being a professional story listener. I still wake up every morning and read Carolyn Hacks and Am I the Asshole on Reddit. I don't know if you follow. I actually don't follow it on Reddit. I follow it on Twitter because I'm not cool enough for Reddit yet. But it's just like getting to sit back and be like, yeah, you were a dick in that situation. That's so funny. I need to follow that. You talk so highly of it. And I feel like I could like, st- if I started my morning off with that, I feel like it would just like give me a good laugh. For the it's day. so fun. It's like a game show. It's like, were they the asshole or not? And then Carolyn's are like much more mature and she gives very like boring grown up advice, even though I love her. But <laughs> am I the asshole is just wow, it gets gnarly really fast and everyone has an opinion. And yeah, it's a good time. It's a really good time. I love that so much. Okay. Let's talk about our sparkles, Callie. Sparkle time. What's your sparkle? What's my sparkle? Okay. So my sparkle, so today, I don't know, I haven't probably talked about this very much, but my husband, Andrew has been gone. He's been abroad for like two, over two months now wrapping up on a film that was actually shut down back in March. So he was gone from like November to March. And then again, from August till, I guess, you know, basically November. And, you know, it was, it was really, really tough having him gone that, that whole time. But, you know, I, I could have sat and been like, Oh my God, this is horrible. I didn't sign up for this. Like, I didn't know that he was going to be on set and gone. But instead, I kind of took it as an opportunity. Like I didn't, I didn't get the chance to re- to ever live alone. Um, you know, when I was younger, I, <laughs> to be honest, like I never had the money. I mean, living by yourself is expensive. You're you're in charge of the whole rent. You're in charge of. Remember when we had cable and you were in charge of the whole cable bill and internet? Like it was freaking expensive. So I always had roommates, or I was living at home. So I never got that chance to to really embrace, uh, you know, living by yourself. And, and I know that this year it's been really, really hard for people because not only are people maybe living alone, but then they can't go see their families or they can't go see their friends because of, you know, just the shit show that COVID has been. And it's been a really stressful time, but just to kind of flip it on its head, I, I've been able to embrace being by myself for the majority really of this year and it's, it's kind of, it's been hard, but it's been awesome. It's like having that space to say, I don't have to ask anyone else what they want to do tonight. I don't have to ask anyone else what they want to eat tonight. I don't have to like put on a show for anyone. I don't have to do shit. I can just be by myself. It's like, it's been great to get to know myself better again, if that makes sense. Yeah. I, yeah. I think it's so important. It's so formative. So anyone who's living alone, who's feeling lonely right now, I get that it can totally suck, but I also want you to remember that this time is so important and I don't think you're going to look back on it and regret it. Yeah, I agree there. I am same as you. I live with my parents and then I had like always, I lived with six girls my senior year of college and like a very tiny, disgusting home. And it was just like such a blast. But I remember when I 
got my like first big girl job, I literally had a two bedroom apartment by myself because the person I was supposed to live with backed out literally last minute. And it was just like a wake up call. It was definitely a transition period for sure. Right. Because you always have someone to talk to. You always have someone to be around with. You always have someone who you can borrow their clothes and like, Oh, Hey, you're hungry. Let's like, you know, like there's not a lot of planning and effort that goes into just like flying, you know, by the seat of your pants. But I agree. That was like very, a huge growth spurt for me because I just was like, I have, I'm forced to like hang out with myself. Yeah. And you're forced to honor your own thoughts and honor your own wishes and desires instead of just hot potato thing onto someone else. Like, well, we'll that's what I tend to do. Whatever you want to do is fine. Whatever works for you is fine. I'm constantly adapting myself to the needs of other people just on default, not even realize I'm, I'm doing it. And then when I lived alone, you know, Andrew is a force. (laughs) As as y'all continue to get to know my husband, I mean, just consider bull in China shop, but somehow manages to not break any plates in the meantime. Like that's him. He is just a force is what I like to call him. And so I usually don't have to make a ton of decisions because he's already decided before the questions even posed. So it's nice to have that space to really yeah, like get back, you know, get back in touch with what I think. But he's back tonight. So, you know, time's over. He's coming back. He's coming back. Elise, tell me your sparkle, girl. Okay. I had, I was thinking about my sparkle all week and it was one thing. And then it kind of like shifted to another because yesterday and today I have just been like so anxious about like being at a crossroads and it's related to our fertility journey. Basically we're kind of at this space where it's like, we can either move forward with a transfer next month or we can wait until the new year and kind of like give us some more time and keep in mind, like everything's really off. I have a cyst. It's like very, all of the hurdles that are coming that could possibly. I'm sorry. I am having memories of drag race. You might not watch drag race, but there was a very funny cyst moment for anyone who's a RuPaul fan. Anyway, keep going. God, they're the worst. It's weird because I always get a cyst on my ovary the same month. I had it last year, same time. It's like either my body has an issue during this time or this is just a very stressful month for me. In Maybe it's seasonal depression. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> Honestly. But so what I tend to do when I'm at like a crossro- crossroads where I'm just like, try- I try to soak in all information and I'm like an external processor. So sometimes it just helps for me to like, talk out loud to people, but a lot of people take that as an invitation to like give their opinion. Right. Oh, I do that. I do that all the time. I'm so sorry. I've probably done that to you. Bad habit. No, I feel like you like, no, I don't feel like I get that vibe from you at all, but there's definitely people in my life that kind of like, you know, Oh, well, I think you should do this. Right. Because they're kind of in the situation too. Like Carl tells me what he thinks I should do. My mom tells me what she thinks I should do. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes I let Therapist, like if I have two options and my mom says go option A, and I'll be like, no, I want to do option B. And then if Carl says, okay, do option B, I'm like, no, 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 what if I do option A? So it's really like stresses me out so much more. And so I'm like trying to take a step back. And my sparkle is one, don't let other people's opinion hold too much weight. Mm-hmm. And then two, you really don't have to make a decision until you're like, until you have to make a decision, right? Like I can sit here and stress about it and try to plan out all the alternatives, but like, then it could come time to 
making a game time decision and one of the options could not even be an option for us you know so it's just kind of like I work myself up and then I just need to like take a step back and be like today I do not need to make a decision so like why am I stressing about it and you said this one thing I always try to like tell myself this in my brain but like if you worry about it before it happens then you basically worry about it twice oh yeah don't be disappointed twice one of my favorite mantras I also one thing that I always tell my clients and I've noticed that it's it's surprising what people latch onto when you're in this line of work. Cause I say some stuff and I'm like, really, you thought that was good. And then I say something that I thought was brilliant and they're like, yeah, okay. <laughs> but something that I've noticed that is stuck with almost every single one of my clients. And it's something I just like poop out is, well, you don't have to have the answers today. Yeah. Like, wh- like, why do you think you have to decide right now? Why do you think you have to have all the answers in this moment? Like this is, that's silly. Like you're, like you said, you don't even have all the information. You don't even know what it's going to look like a month from now or two months from now. So how could you possibly know the answer? But for some reason, we've been trained to think we need all of the answers all of the time. I know. I know you're so right. And it's, I mean, it just makes the whole situation, makes an already stressful situation even more stressful, honestly. Absolutely. I I completely agree. When it comes time to like, it being a situation that it's something that you really, really want, then it's like even more investment in it because it's, I've had to really reframe my mindset into like, I used to think like every day that passed that I wasn't pregnant or didn't have a baby was like a, a day lost. And I've really like reframed that to like, okay, every day that passes is actually a day closer that I'm going to get to like actually meeting my baby one day. And that's, you know, I just like, you get, I get caught up in like the timing of everything and just that waiting period is like, ugh. I'm sure everybody feels that way with COVID, right? We're all just like checking our fucking clocks. Like, um, hello. <laughs> yeah. Can we get on with the show? No, I totally agree. I, I, we'll, we'll get to the bulk of, of the episode in a second, but my, my only thing is I always think about wedding planning. Like I, I spent, just hours of going over a little detail. I'm not even a detail oriented person, but something like a wedding, it just kind of triggers it in you. And then, you know, I was so focused. I had these visions of what it was going to feel like and be like and everything and everything was outdoors. Girl, you know, it rained. (laughs) (laughs) Pouring, absolutely pouring buckets uh, day Um, of my wedding. We managed to get married outside because of course we had like that perfect pink sky after the rain and I was able to get married on the beach but then of course we're right back inside because it was just about to start storming again and I'm just laughing thinking about all the time I wasted being yeah. like and then outside it's gonna look like it's like no that's not how this stuff plays out so I, I love that putting into perspective of like you can't possibly know the answer because you're not there yet yeah. like I couldn't know what my wedding was gonna look like because I hadn't attended it yeah you know absolutely yeah that's great. And even with the other people's opinions, Glenn, Glenn Doyle, she's remember when she like Googled, do I, should I get a divorce? And it was like all <laughs> these different articles. She's like, I just Googled literally the most important question of my life. And it was like parenting articles were like, do what's best for the kids. Feminist mm-hmm. articles were like, leave his ass. Mm-hmm. You know, Christian articles were like, a good wife would stay with their husband and work through it. And she was like, literally everybody gave me a different opinion and it only made me so much more confused, you know? Yep. So. And then it turns out she's gay because yep. she, she didn't even have all the information, right? It's, yeah. it's perfect. God, we love you, Glennon. We worship you. We love you. Uh, okay. I am, I am this entry today broke my actual stone heart 
it was, this one was tough. So for me, cause I identify so much with this, um, letter writer. So Elise, I will, I will let you get to it. Let's, let's get started. Okay. Dear blush. I am part of a friend group from college. It's pretty large in nature, but we all get along for the most part. We lived together, went out on the weekends together, and in general, are all best friends, or at least I thought. After graduation, a lot of us scattered throughout the state to different cities. A few ended up here and a few ended up there, and so there became clusters. I approached two good girlfriends about moving in together since we were all going to the same place. They politely declined, citing that they were ready for a more mature lifestyle and no longer wanted lots of roommates. I took them for their word and decided it was a better idea to move back in with my parents anyways. I'm starting law school and I'd like to not be saddled with extra debt by the time I graduate. Plus, my parents live close to the fun area of town, so I figured it wouldn't be that big of a deal. I will say that I am pretty busy between law school and a part-time job, but I still have time to see people to be social. I've reached out to my friends many times and it seems like they've forgotten about me. I see photos of them all hanging out together when I asked about their weekend plans and I see other friends come into town and don't tell me after I've spent hours driving to see them. It's so painful. I thought these were my true friends. I will admit I'm kind of an oddball and looking back, maybe they all had a stronger connection with each other, but it's absolutely clear that they don't value me like I thought they did. I don't know what to do. I'm making friends in school, but I didn't want to let go of my college friends. My old friends invite me out occasionally, like to the random big birthday party or major group celebration, but otherwise I've been iced out. I don't want to keep living in friend limbo, but I also feel pretty pet. I also feel petty by cutting them out completely. What's the right thing to do? Suck it up and show, show up when I'm invited and try to ignore the sting that I'm not their best friend anymore. Cut them out completely. Help. From left behind. Mm. Mm. I know. So sad. And I, you know, so sad. So when I was reading this, my first thought was this Cheryl Strayed quote that I love so much. And it is, don't surrender all your joy for an idea you used to have about yourself that isn't true anymore. Mm. And this quote I, I wish I had heard it earlier in my life. I, I think this came right around me in my like late 20s and it would have been really helpful in my early 20s because she's talking about so much here. She's talking about a role that maybe you play or maybe a career that you had or maybe a relationship you were in. But like friendships are also highly tied to identity. And I think especially in college because if you think about it, when you're in you know, elementary school, middle school, high school, like you have, you only have a certain pool that you can really choose from. Like maybe you're friends with people from the other rival high school, but like, let's be real. Like you're just friends with people that live around you and you don't really have much of a choice. But when you go to college, it's like more than likely you chose that school. You decided to go there. The, you know, campus is I'm assuming bigger than your high school. So you get to actually go and choose these people. And so when they stop choosing you, I think it can make you call into question who you are and what you represent and what your purpose is. And I know that sounds dramatic, but you know, college is so friend heavy. I mean, that is like, that is your chosen family. You're not home all the time anymore. You're not seeing your parents every weekend. Like it is your chosen family. And so when it, you know, disappears as it seems for left behind, I think this is 
a bigger question. This isn't necessarily, do I stay friends with these people? This is a, well, who the hell am I? (laughs) What the hell just happened? And she didn't make this choice, right? This was kind of thrust upon her. She didn't, she doesn't want to let go of this identity. So I can see why this feels, you know, you know, somewhat traumatic for her. Elise, what do you, what do you think? Yeah. I think you spoke to this, like, in, intention behind like this choice right like I'm choosing and I'm being effort to be your friend and to be vulnerable with you and so that piece of intention and I also think your college years are such (laughs) a transformative time or at least it was for me like I really grew I really got out of my comfort zone I really had some I fell in love for the first time, you know, like all these people, my roommates, my best friends, like they were there for all of it. Right. So like, it's your lives become interconnected. And it's that piece of like, you know, when I lived with six girls, like we were always doing everything together. And, you know, that could have been because they wanted to do that with me or, you know, you want to do that with your roommate or because they're there and it's like, sure, why not? You know, like it's, but, oh, this breaks my heart because you know, there were people that I was friends with in college that at the time I probably would have like given a kidney to if they needed it. And like now are not in my life at all, you know? And so that's, it's a really hard like pill to swallow, I think, to realize. It is. It is. I mean, speaking about like, a I don't know. I I don't think I'm going to say that I grew a lot in college. I really think that I fell into high school 2.0. I think I didn't feel like I fit in that well in high school. I mean, I kind of did, but I did feel like I was playing a role a lot. I'm really good at doing that. And then I went to college and everyone was like, you know, when you go to school, you're going to find more like-minded people. You're going to find people that are more like you. And I went in and did the same freaking thing, right? I was going to join a sorority because that's what I thought would make you two feel smaller. And then of course you're just surrounded by people who look just like you, but I wouldn't say that I was a carbon copy, right, of everyone that I went. So I think I actually delayed my growth. And so what's interesting is, you know, she's saying that she's starting law school. I don't know when she wrote this. I don't know if this is during COVID times. I don't know, you know, what school looks like right now, which it might be part of the problem. But I will say that when I finally let go of this role that I was trying to play in high school and college, just to like be in this certain group and fit into certain things and have these experiences, I really ended up finding my people because what makes graduate school even more interesting is that you're not just choosing a school to attend, you're choosing a program. Like you are choosing a very niche thing to study and you all are gonna dedicate the next however many years to just one subject, right? Mm-hmm. which makes it a little different. It's not just going to a catch-all school where there's a million different majors, right? Like this is different. And so I really found so many like-minded people in my graduate program. And part of part of allowing that to happen again was admitting to myself that I only have room for a finite amount of people. And mm-hmm. when I'm sitting here focusing on people like my college friends who might not want to be as close with me, mm-hmm. right? Then I'm I'm giving them space when I should be giving it to other people who feel better. So I, I love this idea that she's starting law school because I'm thinking, okay, maybe she just hasn't given enough time yet. And like, maybe this is the time to like really surrender this. I mean, her question, do I suck it up 
and show up when I'm invited or do I just cut them out? Honestly, I'm kind of coming back to your sparkle, which is like, I don't really know if you know the answer yet. Mm -hmm. Right. She starts off the questions with like, what's the right thing to do? Right. Like, is there, you know, like, is, I feel like sometimes we're constantly like seeking for like, okay, what should I do? Or like, what's the right way to do? Like, how do I go about this without hurting anybody's feelings? But at the end of the day, like left behind, like, what do you want to do? You know, I'm preaching to myself right now. I'm like, God, Elise, listen to your own (laughs) advice. Like, what do you want to do? You know, but like, sometimes it takes just completely taking a step back and removing from yourself completely and literally closing your eyes and thinking of both scenarios and just seeing which one brings you a sense of peace, right? Like, is it going to give you anxiety to like continue, you know, sucking it up? And, you know, I, I read sucking it up and showing up and ignoring the sting as like, you're basically oppressing emotions and just showing up for the sake of like, what? to be included and like to put on a happy face and to like keep friendships that are already down the drain, like somewhat with a pulse in them. I think I have the answer. Okay. What from I- her. She says, but I also feel petty by cutting them out. Oh. It's almost like she's saying that's not the nice thing to do. That's not the right thing to do. Like I feel petty by saying, okay, I'm no longer friends with you people anymore. And to be honest, I think a lot of women probably struggle with that because we are labeled as catty or dramatic or wishy-washy or whatever those horrible stereotypes that women are slapped with all the time. Mm-hmm. But that's really interesting to me that she said, I also feel like it's petty because like she's saying, I don't want to be labeled as that. I don't want to be looked at as the dramatic friend that was like, well, if you're not going to hang out with me, then screw you. Right. (laughs) Like that's what she's trying to avoid. Mm -hmm. So is that a compelling enough reason? I mean, I'm going to say no, like you need to honor your own, by the way, your own standards. Like it doesn't feel good to constantly be around people who don't like you. Take it from me. It's, it does not feel good. And also like, who the hell is going to call you petty? These people that don't, didn't even put any effort in, in the first place. You know, it's like them calling you petty is probably because you cutting them out triggered something in them. Right. We always say it's not about you. It's always about them. So if someone's going to label you for being petty, for actually just cutting the cord on a relationship or a friendship that has like is has an expiration date that already passed then like that's on them right like if you're i mean god sometimes i'm just like people man you know i mean i know you know what's interesting is that like i already said that i relate so much to this letter <laughs> like whoa so I know that sometimes you you mentioned this earlier and you were kind of saying like, were my friends and college friends of convenience or were we best friends? And I do think that we have to acknowledge that a lot of friendships are born out of convenience. Mm -hmm. I mean, this is why you're friends with people you work with, right? Like this is why you were friends with a little girl next door growing up. I mean, yes. Like I think what's that saying called? It's like proximity breeds familiarity, mm-hmm. which breeds, you know, attraction or likability or, 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 or relationship really. Yeah. So yes, I mean, convenience is a huge part of this and you don't, it's, you don't live with these people anymore, right? You're not around them all the time. And so I do think that can, you know, really be part of it. But 
Yeah. I mean, I do think that when you are hanging out with people constantly who don't want to keep you at the front of their mind, who need you to be convenient in order to be worth your time, like what message does that send to you? Like, what are you telling yourself by saying, but that's okay. Like that, that's okay. I can hang out with people who don't value me as much as I value them. Like what a horrible message to send to yourself. That just hurt my heart when you were like the convenience piece, because that's what it is, right? It's like when you fit into our life, then you can be around. But beyond that, it's like, you know, and that's like not any sort of good situation at all. Um, Can I say that I vote cut them out completely? I'm like, stone heart is coming to the table. Um, The transformation has begun, everyone. Um, I didn't even get there fast enough. I was more thinking like, I don't know. I was trying to hold on to the idea that maybe these friends are just I don't know, forgetting and maybe no. they're just being, for- yeah, but I mean, the paragraph after paragraph after paragraph, it's just like, you know, these unfortunately, okay. So I tell my clients this all the time. I like to have them. This is so dumb. But just stick with me, please. I like to have them like draw a circle and like label the different areas of their lives where they have friends. So like one of them would be like, or like maybe the different categories of friendships, right? So you'd have best friends, you would have um, going out friends or what I call drinking buddies. Even if you don't drink, I still, it still works. Work friends, like, you know, business friends, whatever. Um, Extracurricular friends, right? So like someone who's in a dance class, this actually happened. Like I've got a few clients who take dance classes. So they have friends that are in their dance classes, right? And then you have to look at it visually and see where all your friends kind of end up. And then you'll see that some people straddle different categories. So like, you'll see some people be like, oh, well, she's my best friend, but she's also my work friend, right? Or she's, she's my dance friend, but we also work together. And what I found is that so many people are not intentional about how they, how their friends fell into these categories. So these girls are moving drinking buddies into the best friend categories, which is what I did so way too many times in college, you know, after college, feeling a little left out, feeling like, you know, the square peg in a round hole, feeling like I didn't really understand. I thought you were, you know, and that's also the narrative that is told to you. You're going to meet your best friends in college. Mm -hmm. So when you don't, you're like, is something wrong with me? Mm -hmm. But no, what I was really doing is I just wasn't being intentional with who my best friends were. I was lying to myself. I was saying, oh, well, we go out and we have fun. And I like the way that I I like maybe their sense of humor and I like that we get to go out and do things, but like, do I have really intense conversations with these people? Do I have a lot in common with these people? And the answer is no, but I was just being really lazy with how I was, you know, intentionally trying to maneuver my friendships. And so it really does seem like this letter writer just had a bunch of party girl friends in college and then expected them to have her back when she graduated. And now she's like, wait, what the hell? Yeah. I agree. And I don't know if I shared this um, yet on the podcast, but my mom always used to tell me, and it applies to like relationships and friendships, but like the people in your life should swim through shark infested waters to be with you, to support you, to love on you, to cherish you, to celebrate you, all of these things. And so it sounds like this group of gals would not even like swim in a pool to come, you know, I don't even think they'd step outside if it was raining. Yeah. So I think that that, you know, I'm, 
I vote cut out. I'm like, yeah, cut them out, cut them out. And don't have any guilt. Don't think for a second that you're going to be labeled as petty. And if you are, then that's on them. And it does not hold any weight because at the end of the day, you're making a decision to free up some slices of the pie chart that Callie was just talking for people who actually love you and, you know, want to hang with you. Right. Yeah. I think you're going to like severely damage your self-esteem if you don't do something about this quick soon. Mm-hmm. Honestly, it seems like your life is just a series of window shopping. Well, it kind of feels like her foot is one step in the past and then one step in this next chapter, right? Yeah. It's kind of yeah. this limbo period of like, she has this next chapter of law school and like a new beginning and like, you know, so much potential for the future for everybody, honestly. But it's like when you have an anchor tied to your foot about the past or like holding you back to a chapter or a season that is no longer going to serve you, then I think you just got to like cut that cord, babe, and keep moving forward. You know, like I can think of my best friends, like my bridesmaids. And like, I know that they would literally do, I mean, they have done literally anything for me whenever I need them. Even if it's a year where I can't be reciprocal in that, right? Like, and that's what everybody deserves. Like literally your tribe, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. And I think it's also just like, you're probably left behind. You're probably operating with a scarcity mindset, which is if I leave these friends, if I leave this experience behind, I'm never going to get it again. And, And I will admit that it is true that you probably will not get a college experience again. And I mean, God, I freaking hope not. Right. Like college was great, but do not send me back. So it, you know, like you're, I understand that you're in a mourning process. Your college experience is over. And, you know, it sounds like obviously you're in your early 20s. I get how that can be devastating. But if you're trying to trick yourself into thinking that you're never going to have a friend group again, or that you're never going to have fun with a group of girls again, or that you're never going to have the same feelings or experiences maybe that you felt with these girls, like you're just wrong. I mean, you're, in fact, it's almost like you need to clear house, as Elise was saying earlier, in order to make space for new ones. And, and no, they're not going to be identical to what you had in college. Again, thank God. But hopefully you create some really amazing relationships moving forward. Yeah. And because there's so much out there, there's so many people out there, there's so many experiences to be had, relationships to make. I mean, if you really believe that you're never going to make another friend after college, I mean, we are all royally screwed. What happens if you move? (laughs) Yikes. So yeah, like use that abundance mindset. Remember that this world has so much to offer. And if you sit here and think that there's a finite amount out there, then you're going to stay in really miserable situations. Yep. And I think you mentioned like mourning and I think that regardless of the loss, whether it was a really great positive friendship or relationship or one that was super toxic and negative, you still mourn the loss of that, right? So I think just knowing that when you do cut the cord on these girls, that it's going to suck and it's probably going to feel lonely for a time period. And you're probably going to be like, oh, is that the right decision? Because now, you know, what am I supposed to do? You know, coming from that scarcity mindset that you just talked about, but just the sooner that you make it through that gray period, the closer you are to the light at the end of the tunnel. 
Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, yep. Yep. Circling back to the sparkle again. I love yeah. it. I love it. Instead of worrying about how far away you are from friends, think about your one step closer to making new friendships, having new experiences. And by the way, if you're in law school, I mean, can you imagine what kind of whippersnappers you're going to become friends with? Like, girls in law school are fun. They don't fuck around either. So I, I think you're going to have a good time. I'm excited for Left Behind. I really have good feelings about this next chapter. I feel like you just got to like, what do they say? Like trim the fat, like cut the cord, trim the get fat. rid of it and just dive into this next chapter. Yeah. Next, next, next. Okay. Case closed. You're cutting them out. It's up to you how to do it. But part of me thinks it's not going to be that hard if they're this horrible. Like you like it, I think if you stop bidding for attention, I think if you stop going out of your way and doing things when it's not convenient for the sake of them, I think if you just stop that, it's probably going to work itself out, which I know is hard to hear. But also remember, it is not a reflection on you that some girls from college aren't as interested in you. Okay. That just means you haven't found your people yet. And that's okay. Sometimes we find our people in elementary school. Sometimes we find them in our forties. Yeah. You know, like there's nothing, there's nothing wrong with you for choosing something else. And that's all this is. You're just choosing something else. Yeah. And I don't even think that this situation like deserves a conversation, honestly. Yeah. Like, I don't think so either. Who am I? I don't even recognize myself. I know. <laughs> honestly, I, we don't have time for it. It's like, you know, just keep, keep moving, keep moving forward, sis. Yeah, I, yeah, I completely agree. I completely agree. Okay, good. This one, I mean, oh man, this one, it was, it was tough to read because again, I just related to it so much. And by the way, I'm like, I'm giving this advice, but I'm still, I mean, I like went on a trip like last year with a bunch of girls who, who don't like me. (laughs) Like I keep going and I don't know why I keep doing this. So after this podcast, I think it's safe to say I'm not going to do that anymore. I am also going to close that chapter 10 years later. Okay, Callie. But I think it's, it's hard to close doors. It really is. It is hard to close doors, especially when the door is not shut for you. But you know what they say, and I'm going to get real cheesy real quick. Mm. Door that closes is another door that opens. I know. But I do think in life, it's so much easier to move on when the door is slammed shut for you. Oh, Oh, yeah, for sure. Like when you have to be the one that shuts the door there's just this personal responsibility attached to it that just makes it a little more sticky. So yeah. I'm defending her because I'm sitting here like, Callie, come on, well, shut, shut the damn door. You know what? We'll make it a little friendship circle. I'll slam your door for you, Callie, <laughs> and you can slam left behind and we'll all be friends together. Okay, we're going to slam each other's door. That just sounds... We're going to wrap this up. <laughs> We're gonna, let's wrap it up. Wrap it up. Um, okay. So if you, like me, resonated with Left Behind, please know that while you might feel lonely moving on and leaving people, like she's going to leave this. She's no longer going to be left behind. She is now leaving other people behind. Ooh. And it is... It is lonely. It is isolating, but it doesn't have to be. Remember that your girls at Blush are here for you and you can use code 
blush you for 25% off your first month. And you can talk to someone just like Elise, who's going to be like, slam that door, slam that door. And you're going to feel so good about yourself because you're going to have the support that you've been wanting. I mean, don't you just, don't you just want Elise to slam your door? Sally, I could die because every time you talk in my voice, it's so high pitched. <laughs> Sorry. I mean, I'm, I'm here for it. No, I'm here for it too. It's just so funny. It's just like a little hummingbird. She is. She's a hummingbird. I, I can't help it. I do very good impressions. Um, I love it. I love and remember, it. if you are struggling with something and you would like our advice and you would like for us to dish on what you're going through, please write to us at bless you at joinblush.com. We are seriously loving these stories. Some of them are really fun and interesting. Sorry, but it's true. Some of them are just like, like it, it's so funny. You learn that when you're a counselor, that your clients are going to come to you and reflect the problems that you're having in your face. Like they always say that, like the universe will bring you clients where you're going to have to work through your shit too. Yep. And it's been so true when it comes to this podcast. Like every letter I'm like, oh, that's me. And I'm like, oh, that's Elise. <laughs> me, you, me, you. So keep writing. We really do. We're, we're resonating so much with them. We've just loved every second reading them. Hopefully we can get through all of them. But if we can't, you know, there might be more seasons ahead. So yeah, yeah we'll see. Uh, okay. Well, we're going to have more episodes for you coming up. So thanks for hanging out with us guys. Tune in next week. Bye. Bye.